So when Jesus and his mother Mary were at a wedding and the wine ran out, Mary told Jesus they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what concern is that to you and to me? My hour has not yet come. It seems that Jesus thought his mother was telling him that they needed more wine for the Last Supper. My hour has not yet come, Jesus said. It's not time for that important meal yet, Mom. I don't need any extra wine. And then I'm assuming one look from Mary told Jesus, Son, I know we're not there yet, but in the meantime, there's a lot of living to do. Give these people some wine. And don't ever refer to me as woman again. <laughs> oh, you mean for the party, Jesus realized. Good idea, Mom. The stuff they've been serving so far is awful. Um, yes, ma'am. Sorry. And then Mary commanded the wine steward to do whatever Jesus said. Why was this such a big deal? Why was Mary so intent on making sure that there was wine enough at the wedding? It may seem an odd miracle to start letting people know that the Messiah had come, making sure they had plenty of really good wine. Not a bad miracle? Just odd. Jesus actually helped out this family quite a bit. This was a wedding, and wine at wedding was a big deal, much like it often is today. Providing the wine was more than to get folks a little more drunk. Providing the wine helped the couple start out on the right foot. If the party didn't go well, people would talk. Social shaming is not a new thing. And running out of wine at the wedding could have been the talk of the town for quite some time. Social status meant a good bit. Maybe even more than it does today. So providing wine for the party meant that the couple didn't get shamed on their wedding night. It meant that the marriage didn't begin badly. And so it seems no surprise then that Mary was the one who insisted that this young couple not be shamed on their wedding night. She was, after all, the possible, seen as the possible adulterous wife of Joseph, who ended up pregnant before she was married. That was a big deal in those days. And she likely suffered much scorn, as we know. So Jesus may well have been thinking, no wine, no big deal. Perhaps in directing Jesus to provide more wine, Mary was also helping to teach him and to remind him how badly we often treat one another and how important every day of our life is, not just the end. Jesus' hour had not yet come, but the newlywed couple's hour was right then. We get often, often get very wrapped up in the end, the end of whatever tasks we have, and then we end up missing or mistreating the people in the world around us. We'll have a deadline or we'll be late. And in our anxiety about dwelling on that end, we become maybe rather less than cordial towards others, especially if they happen to continue to make us late or even later. So we dwell on the end and we miss or mistreat the people in the world around us at times. We even tend to dwell on the apocalypse. We were discussing this in Bible study the other day. Why is it that we get so wrapped up in the apocalypse, in the end of times? We've got fields of study on this, books and movies. It seems like every other week there's another movie about the end of the world. The, the, uh, there are entire theologies that dwell on the apocalypse. And why? Perhaps 
because it's scary and it's really big and there's some anxiety around it. It also makes for a good book or a good movie, um, let's face it. But the apocalypse is also easy. It's simple. Our anxieties seem to push us as, an, as, a, as, a, as a society, our anxieties push us towards the apocalypse, contemplating and fearing and dwelling on the end of the world. Conversation in Bible study, even if it doesn't go to the end of the world, often turns to the end of our lives, our own little apocalypses, and what happens after we die. Certainly there is anxiety about our deaths and the end of the world. But I think our conversations about Jesus often turn towards the apocalypse or the end of our lives, not because we're anxious about the end so much as we're anxious about right now. Whatever the end will be, we ultimately don't have a whole lot of control over it. The end is much simpler than now. Life isn't easy, and there's plenty to fear today, so it can be simpler in one's belief in Jesus to skip to the end, not have to actually live. But we're not here just for the end. We're here for all of the living before the end. And Jesus also wasn't just here for the end. People like to sometimes say, it's all about Good Friday, it's all about Easter, that Jesus' life was all about the cross. His life was about every day leading up to the cross, too. He isn't present only at our end. He blessed and sanctified not only our death, but our lives. Jesus is here for every day of our life, including the end. So it's nice to know that even Jesus was at times as we are, perhaps too focused on the end and needed a reminder from his mom. It's time for living, son. Be the life of the world, even here and now, for this young couple getting married. The best wine, like what Jesus helped serve at that wedding, is here for us not only for our last supper, but for all of the meals and the feasts in between. And the light of Jesus is here for the unimportant and the mundane, which is where much of our lives are spent. The unimportant and the mundane of every day are important enough for everyday Jesus to hallow and to sanctify with his presence. It may not make for as good of a movie or as flashy of a novel and exciting as Apocalypse Jesus, but that's not where we live. We live in the everyday. We live in the simple anxieties and joys and the humdrum and the excitement of everyday life. And Mary reminded Jesus, and Jesus reminds us all that he is here with us for our lives in the everyday. Because all of our lives are hallowed 